out to lots of different groups of people about restorative justice, victim advocates, judges, prosecutors, community members. And I went to a conference called Death is Different. And it's just a conference for defense attorneys who are qualified to represent defendants who are going to be potentially facing the death penalty here in Florida or a capital crime. And so I was sitting and facing 270, I think it was around 270 different defense attorneys in this large ballroom talking about restorative justice. And first thing I asked them is, how many of you have ever heard about restorative justice? None of them had heard about it. None of them had heard about it in law school. So then I say, okay, well, I have another question for you. How many of you have gone to visit a client, maybe the first time, and you visit them in the jail after they've been arrested, and you've had the experience of at least one client who said, I want to say I'm sorry to the family. I, 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 I feel so bad about what happened. I regret that this happened. Something like that. Some sort of a statement where they're, they're acknowledging they, they did something and, and now essentially life answers. has ended. Okay? Every single defense attorney raised their hand. Every single one of them said they had had that experience where their first visit with a client, the person charged with first-degree murder, had said, I, I, how's the family? I wish I could. I just want to say I'm sorry to them. I really I feel bad about what happened. Okay? So then I have one, one follow-up question. How many of you did something to give that human being who expressed that they wanted to express their sorrow or regret the opportunity to be able to do that? No one raised their hand. And so I said this, you're part of the problem. If this criminal justice system doesn't have a, afford people the ability to express sorrow, regret, or an apology, then there is something broken in this system because there's a victim on the other side that is saying, do these people not even care? Does, it, does, does this human being not have any concern for me? And they may not hear a statement from the defendant until the very end of the trial, which may be two, three, four years. Now, there's a lot of other things that are broken, but I'm just giving you a small, tiny window that we have a system that doesn't even invite or encourage people to sit down and have the opportunity to speak in a non-adversarial setting, not about the evidence, but that uh, there's a human being on both sides that are wondering, do you care about the person? Do you care about us who've been left behind? Do you care about how your behavior affected me? And what I'm saying is what most people don't believe is there are people just like the three or four of us that are on this phone call that if we make a powerful and painful and lasting mistake, also want to be able to say, I messed up. I made a huge mistake. I'm embarrassed or even ashamed about what I did, but I do want to now do the right thing. And I don't want to only be labeled by the worst thing I've ever done. And I'm telling you, have uh, anybody who has ever worked in prisons will tell you that there are good guys and good women who are in prison who made mistakes and now pay, are paying for it for the rest of their lives. And they are not 100% of those people that go to prison, they are not a threat to our public safety. They are, they're not. Well, hey, so I'll Gretchen. get off my little... My little <laughs> hey, no, thank you very much. We appreciate that, and we appreciate those words, and you're coming to be on the show. Come back. We want you to come back, Gretchen. All right. Okay? You all have a wonderful day. Keep doing fabulous work and shining a light on all these issues that need attention. Thank you so much. You got it. You got it. Hey, listen, thank you, uh, Walter. We appreciate you coming in, man. Uh, come in again. You know you're welcome. Hey, we got to get off and go to NPR News. Uh, this is Walter L. Smith II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area on WMNF Tampa. We'll be right back. Candidate. Seven suspects in the murder have also been killed. This is NPR. WNF Tampa. Actor Piper Laurie has died. She was 91 years old. She was best known for playing complex mother figures in films such as Carrie and Children of a Lesser God, as NPR's Chloe Veltman reports. Early in her long career, studios tried to typecast Piper Laurie as a beach baby starlet. But she fled to New York to study. She then went on to appear in countless movies and TV shows, earning a Primetime Emmy and a Golden Globe Award, as well as several Academy Award nominations. Her role in the 1976 horror thriller Carrie, as the scary mother of the titular character played by Sissy Spacek, earned Laurie great acclaim. And first sin was in the course. First sin was intercourse. I didn't sin, Mama. No. Say it. I didn't sin, Mama. Born Rosetta Jacobs in Detroit in 1932, Piper Laurie continued to play mothers for many decades, including in Eulogy from 2004 and two years later, The Dead Girl. 
Chloe Veltman, NPR News. Indigenous leaders in Australia are calling for a week of silence and reflection. Yesterday, voters in all six states rejected a landmark referendum that would have recognized Indigenous people in the Constitution and led to the creation of a panel to advise the government. Major League Baseball, the best of seven American League Championship Series between the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers gets underway tonight. The National League Series starts tomorrow night with uh, the Philadelphia Phillies hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News from Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, recognizing exceptionally creative individuals. This year's MacArthur Fellows and more information are at macfound.org. This is NPR. Five, y'all bounce to this. Do y'all feel it? Huh? Do you feel me? Uh, do you feel me? Come on, brother's gonna feel me. Uh, is you really to work it out? Come on, do y'all feel it? Uh, is you ready to work it out? Yeah, brother's gonna work it out. Uh, is you ready to work it out? Uh, so your brother's gonna work it out. Uh, is you ready to work it out? Come on! This is Mitch Perry, reporter with the Ford of Phoenix and one of the co-hosts of the new public affairs show here on WMNF called The Skinny, where we give you the real straight deal. I'll be joined every Friday morning at 11 a.m. with my co-hosts, Ben Montgomery and Ray Roa, editor-in-chief with Creative Loafing, as we get in-depth on some of the biggest stories happening in the Tampa Bay area and Florida. That's this and every Friday at 11 a.m. Now, you don't have to wait till 9 a.m. to hear Democracy Now! You can hear it every morning at 8 a.m. on our HD3 channel, The Source. You can hear it online at wmnf.org listen. That's Democracy Now! weekday mornings at 8 a.m. on WMNF's The Source and 9 a.m. on our main channel. And it's replayed on The Source at 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon. Your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa, 88.5 FM. And you are too to the Sunday Forum here on WMNF. We're just having a little bit of a too much of a good time up in here, but still having some salient conversations. Uh, and uh, we're looking for your telephone calls, 813-239-9663, or you can write us at dj at wmnf.org, and you can still donate to save WMNF's uh, program Sunday Forum here on this Sunday morning time slot. Go wmnf.org and hit the donate key. Walter? All right. Donate. Donate. <laughs> <laughs> We need you to donate. Uh, we appreciate you coming back here to the Sunday Forum this morning. This great Sunday morning. The sun is out, shining. It's nine minutes after the hour of 9 a.m. Uh, and we are Walter Elspeth II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area, along with Mabili. Yep. We are coming up with some great music for you this second half. Uh, and some conversation, some great conversation with regard to with regard to uh, what's happening in the diaspora, right? I told you we were going to focus in on that, and that's what we're going to do, okay? So, Mabili, we, we got some issues that are going on over in uh, West Africa where we have, you know... We have the African nations of West Africa are coming together to determine how they're going to how they're going to deal with uh, Nigeria. 
that is that's been an ongoing thing for more than a year now, right? Since the since the election that went that went down there, and now we have people that are trying to restore uh, restore the presidency to the rightful the rightful uh, president. Number one, and number two, uh, there have been sanctions that have that have caused some real problems, uh, and it's come from both ways. Niger has put has put its sanctions out and said, "Well, you know, if you're not going to support us in moving forward, then guess what we're going to do? We're going to put sanctions on you." Now, their type of sanctions have come in some really surprisingly uh, hurtful areas. Like, for instance, with Nigeria, uh, Nigeria, uh, the northern part. What have we seen? We've seen flooding that's taking place, right? Because they dammed up the water, and then you have. Uh, food and things like that that they're supposed to go out, not getting there, you know. And so they they they, you know, it's some give and take. It's some give and take. And so now people are saying are saying, okay, we're going to uh, make joint forces and we're going to invade. With they're, they're coming up with some with a countdown really for an invasion plan that has yet to be implemented. I'm a little concerned about that. What about you? Yeah, you talking about Nigeria? Yep. Yeah, just uh, carrying out an airstrike that killed at least 100 people in the Northwest. Now, of course, they've had to deal with uh, Islamic Jihad as well. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people have tried to say that this president in Nigeria might be a little too old to deal with that. But, you know, it takes a strong military to defend this country and... uh, Sounds like that's what he's doing. It's also plagued by gangs who raid villages and kill and abduct residents for ransom in the rural areas. And, of course, we have an outbreak of diphtheria in Nigeria's killed 600 people. So he's definitely got to keep his mind. I hope that the uh, military, the airstrikes are not just intended to be a uh, (laughs) distraction. And that right. they're really doing something, but uh, you know that's that's a good point. When you talk about diphtheria and uh, illnesses that that are occurring, there are. I always say, for the first time in our history, we have more doctors uh, and strategists than any other time because we know more now. We know more now. There's more, there's more access to education, freely, uh, free access. Um, and freely accessible um, segments of knowledge that we that, that that we have access to as members as Africans of the diaspora, we need to, in my thought, uh, come up with something where we're able to go and deal with that. For instance, here in America, we have access to these to these vaccines that are that are logical vaccines to deal with. Um, you have illnesses uh, due to uh, malaria, uh, due to the ex- uh, due to ap- impacts from fecal material, fecal matter from the waters and things like that, um, raw sewage and things that, that people are, are, are exposed to. Um, then you have issues where you have the burning of fossil fuels is an ongoing issue there uh, in various parts of Africa. Well, throughout Africa, actually, is the burning of fossil fuels. Uh, you have some people that are, that are moving more towards, towards solar and other clean energy uh, uh, sources as opposed to the burning of fossil fuels, which, by the way, has been highly publicized in terms of who has been doing it. In other words, who has been uh, investing in that? And thank God, it has been uh, Black Americans or people who are from Africa originally and uh, have made it here in America or in England or somewhere else and have come back to their home countries and been able to do things. For instance, Akon. Akon is one of those people. He has truly done a lot in terms of development uh, and in and and working in. Senegal and places like that in order to get the solar power done and get development done in housing 
in these regions. And so he's looking to expand on that, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and we have that ability. We have general contractors, people who have knowledge, engineers, people like that, that have knowledge that can go there and do what needs to be done. But there's a political aspect of this that has to be taken into, into consideration. And that is, do we really understand the political atmosphere that we'd be walking into, right, if we do this? And when I say do this, I'm talking about, listen, can you make money? Yes, you can make money. You can make a lot of it. But you need to be able to train people and prepare them for management positions to do what needs to be done with the infrastructural changes or contributions that you're going to make in, in a country. That's just the way it is. And otherwise, what you're doing is you are contributing to imperialism and you are contributing to uh, neocolonialism if you're if you're not doing that, right? Because you're leaving the country uh, wide open for somebody to come in, another country to come in, and do the same thing that's been done in Africa for centuries. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the situation on the globe... You know, no no man is an island. No country really is an, an island. And uh, we've been hearing about how Russia has, you know, and I think when you look at the international stage, all roads lead to Russia right now, leads right. to Putin, because he wants Putin. everybody else busy Putin. while he does what he wants. Putin, Putin. Yeah. I understand there's warships on Finland right now, but of course. <laughs> what? Finland? Like, who puts warships on Finland? It's to keep the United States and, Europe and NATO busy, <laughs> distracted. Like, but the war in Ukraine, though, of course, oh, remember, man. reduced the region's grain exports thanks to Russia and sent the price staple of staples like wheat and, you know, things like that soaring. The price is soaring, whether you're talking about Egypt all the way to Indonesia, the world's food supply is also ministered, as you said, by climate change, heat Absolutely. waves, drought, and floods. But now, scarce and inexpensive fertilizer in Nigeria is combining with these other forces to threaten their livelihoods on in, in Nigeria. And breakdown in fertilizer production, it challenges this orthodoxy that has dominated international trade for decades. The prominent economists have promoted globalization as insurance against upheaval. But what if there is upheaval? Globally, you know, and it affects mm -hmm. the prices and it affects the the uh, stuff like fertilizer, which farmers would need to be dependent upon in Africa if it's going to replace the food, the grain that has been lost from that war in Ukraine. You know what? Let, let me let me let me just say this. This is very important. I, I think of the Punic Wars. OK, mm -hmm. going way back. And I'm going way back. And Punic Wars, for, people, for those people who don't know what I'm talking about when I say the Punic Wars, P-U-N-I-C wars. It's the war between Carthage and Rome. Uh, Carthage was at one time the the master of the sea of, of the Mediterranean. I mean, forget Rome. <laughs> Carthage was it, right? Uh, Rome comes onto the scene, and there's this there's this clash. There's this clash uh, for who is going to run things, and. Carthage, being a North African uh, nation and nation state, goes out and says, and, and they they have they they had the um, Hamilcar, a ruler named Hamilcar. Hamilcar goes out and he is has been doing his thing, and they they've been uh, you know ruling North Africa for the longest, and everything is okay for them for for a time. Then they're challenged by Rome. And it got to the point that they end up in the war. The first Punic War resulted in the death of Hamilcar, Hamilcar Barca. Hamilcar Barca, for those of you who don't know who, is, who that is, was the father and the ruler of then Carthage, uh, modern-day Libya. And so what ended up happening is uh, the... the as he ends up being killed, uh, the the anthem of the time was uh, to greet each other. Hello, uh, brother Carthaginian. 
uh, hello, Brother Carthaginian, we're going to destroy Rome, right? Uh, and, and it was this thing that they kept, like a mantra they kept saying to each other. And then, of course, his son, one of his sons, uh, Hannibal comes along. And everybody, most people know the term, the name Hannibal. Hannibal is the the man who, the first person to have actually uh, jeopardized and almost took over Rome. But he was the first to actually defeat Rome in battle. And so his tactics of uh, warfare were actually, are actually start, um, studied at the, at the um, uh, Command and General Staff College to this day. And what he did was he goes in and he goes the back way through the French Alps and he picks up barbarians who are committed to, who also hate Rome, and they're going to go in and they're going to, and they start beating Romans all the way. He brings elephants and everything like that. And, you know, you know, the Romans don't have elephants now. They don't have elephants. So they see elephants. They're like, oh, my God, elephants come in there. They're trampling everybody. Um, and so they, they're right there at Rome, and they beat them. Unknown to, uh, the, you know, unknown to them, they, another plan is being created um, with a man by the name of Scipio Africanus. So Scipio Africanus goes, and he has this commitment to beating Carthage. So while all this is happening, the, so that's the Second Punic War. The Third Punic War resulted in the defeat and the death of Hannibal. But what happens in, in that time period is you see the ruthlessness of the, of the European, right? Hey, listen, this is warfare, right? It, it doesn't matter whether you're black or white. In this situation, it's warfare. So in order to make certain that they are not, that their crops don't grow, they kill, the, and, and, and there's no more growth of, of Carthage at all. Not only do they kill the men, no, 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 no. And subjugate the women. No, no. What they do is they go out to the fields and they salt the fields so that the crops do not grow back. Now, mm-hmm. my having said that, my having gone through all of that historical <laughs> review, <laughs> remember that, for I hope y'all took, mess, took notes on that. Uh, going through that whole historical review uh, was to point out the fact that in warfare, in times of war, people would do things to salt your fields, right? Mm-hmm. That is, a, that is a, a typical action or act of the enemy, is to destroy your ability to regrow. They will kill your men, subjugate your women, and kill off your children even, mm-hmm. Right? in order to make certain that they, the conqueror, right, have truly conquered, this is what they do. Sort of like this scorched earth. Exactly, <laughs> it's scorched earth. It's scorched earth. You know, some people go in and they they, like, they beat you and they might bring you into the community or whatever. No, they scorched, they scorched earth. That's it, Jack. Nothing left. That's it. We have to be careful of, of that type of thing happening again. It happens in our communities here in America. We have what's called, we have scorched earth. They take the community, they wipe it out, and then what they do is they put a placard there (laughs) as as a headstone to remind you if they feel like it, if they feel like it, that once once, there once lived a community that was thriving here. Yeah, we saw that happen right here in Tampa when it was starting the redevelopments earlier in the 90s that you got to blight this neighborhood first and then we'll, we'll, we'll do something. That's right. It. And how do they do it? They withhold funds. They come up with excuses. And I hope city council listen to what I'm saying to you. As new city councilmen and women, women, we have to consider the fact that for years— this is what has happened. You've done scorched earth to our communities. You've done the Roman thing. <laughs> okay, you've done this Roman thing, and, and you've gone to our communities, you say hi to our communities, you take from our communities, you go there and have some collard greens and some, and some sweet potato pie, 
and give a little change here and there, and you have a pizza <laughs> party here and there. You go in there and listen to them, and then you walk away, and you come up with another plan, and then you come up with, what was it, urban renewal, and but you take away the the ability, right, by blocking by blocking access. Which turns out to be urban removal. Exactly. And, 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 and the ability that they should have for thriving. You, when you take away the ability of people to thrive, you choke them off. They should have that ability to be able to do that. Now, we, on the other hand, internally, internally, we sit, we're so accustomed to sitting back and waiting for that and fighting with them for those rights, for that access that we forget about the fact that we have our own brick masons. <laughs> we have our own painters. We have our own carpenters. We send our children to engineering school. So we have our own engineers. So we have we send our children to be doctors. And so we have our own doctors. But do they come back because the brain drain is there real? There you go. That's it. The brain drain is on, baby. And we have a choice to make. And the choice is here. Are we going to let... The, the Romans come into our Carthage and salt our fields, or are we going to not allow the Romans to come in and salt our fields? We have got to begin to do things and understand our place in this world, and we have yet to occupy that place. We are beginning to make to 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 get foothold on it. But the invasions that we've withstood over the years over decades, have been that salt of the, I was going to say, that salt of the earth that has come in there and they've salted these fields. How do we stop it? How do we stop it? Well, we got to definitely stop the racket in incarceration in the criminal justice system because, you know, when I was looking at the, the numbers early on incarceration, one part of the racket is pre-trial detentions and the fact that that means that people are not able to financially get out before trial. Right. So they're just stuck in there. And the population of the prison, the prison population is greatest in the rural areas, which means that's a job. That's a job for some overseer in the sticks to continue this slavery and therefore, you're locking people out of mm. real opportunities economically back in their communities. Mm. You know, a lot of people are writing us. A lot of people are calling. They have a lot to say. And one of the things that one of the writers have asked about is donating. And yes, you can donate at the website, WMF.org. And you click on Sunday Forum when you click on donate and just re specify the Sunday Forum. And it will be credited to this show. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Uh, so let's go to the calls. What we got? What we got online on the on the on the tabs, man? We got some. We have some good music. Oh yeah, I think yeah. You you want to hear Johnny Guitar? Oh, Watson. Listen, Tar. We got Tarzan. Or yeah, Tarzan. Tarzan. Got how to like Tarzan <laughs> right here. On the Sunday Forum, call in 813-239-9663. We're looking for your call, and we're going to go to the phone lines in just a second. Hang tight. Listen to this. She got a shape and she knows you can't beat her. 
She ain't worried about you being no cheater. No shade. When she walked the streets, all the cars start pausing. They just stop right there. And all the fellas that's driving start hollering like Tarzan. <laughs> Here's what they say. <laughs> I mean, you putting it out there, Mabila um, and Walt, y'all are doing an excellent job. And let me just say this real quickly. We do know who's doing the salt, doing the salt work in the black community. It is the same very people that is helping to create such a homeless population. Uh, residents will never be able to move back in some of these big, beautiful uh, uh, castles that they're building all up and down Main Street. We know who they are, but the thing is, most black people get paralyzed because they're black folks that's doing it to us. Mm. That's number one. In terms of the uh, ongoing re-entry and uh, incarceration, we have to connect it like you do to the history. And so if, uh, you know, black folks coming out of enslavement, going to convict leasing, walking to all kind of discriminated policies, fall themselves back into prison, it is set up as such. Even now, even when our people have paid their debt to society, they ain't paid no debt to society. You can't pay a debt to society when people see you as three-fifths of a human being. And when we look at not just the Donald Trump indictment, but all of the ways that we know white people are never confronted to criminalization the way black folks are confronted daily. Go down to that courthouse and you will see so many of our people tied to the system, probation. And then the new reentry, the newest reentry is the school of prison pipeline. And they ain't talking about white people's children. So I think we have enough of information. We just have to say, how are we going to respond and act upon what we know? And the very least, the very least that we could do is stop feeding economically this white empire that has been hell-bent in keeping us in servitude. and. I don't care how many, a few of us escape it. The majority of our people are catching hell, and I ain't even got to go outside the United States to see that. Every city you go is the same blueprint. Gentrify, tear up the community, starve the community, cut off the resource, incarcerate the men, pump dope into the community, and then they get the end result of where we're at now. But there are things that we can do. 
economically, if we would just start there, we don't want to continue to feed that which is working against our interests. Thank you so much. Wait, 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 wait. Jose, before, before you go, uh-huh. Mother, let, me, let me point this out to you, and I'm glad you, you said that, because the solution, in my mind, is to pay attention to those, those strategic areas, okay? For instance, as I mentioned, you know, earlier, you know, for the first time, we have more doctors, lawyers, engineers, and so forth than any other time. And if we can't gain access from something, from, from where we should be able to at government level, then internally we need to implement something that says, okay, so you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to do it ourselves, okay? So how do we do that? And that's, I, think, I think that's something that we need to really take a real cold, hard look at is how I do we... Agree, I agree with that, but I don't never want to move away from the fact that they have our tax dollars. And if we don't call, we don't say reparations, then we have to be uh, at the place where the tax dollars are being distributed to developers and make a hard demand. Yes, we want our people with the skills to come back, but they can't come back simply with nothing. Some of us have to go and make a demand for our tax dollars, our money, not Mm -hmm. their money, our money, Mm -hmm. to be utilized in our community. And it takes more than a few voices it takes all of our voices, and we're hoping, as always, those with the skills in our communities uh, could see the beauty in developing our community and come back home. Well, I think, and that's exactly right. I agree with that 110%. And it goes right back to what I was saying earlier with regard to, on an international scale, those people who are from those African nations that come that are here that make it and go back and give and give back to their countries. The same thing with go, with sending our kids away to college, and they come back to to um, to the communities and give back to communities. Now, of course, the, on, on the other part, the other part of that is uh, like this weekend, for instance, we have the think tank, and that think tank. One of the things we're going to be talking about is the how do we access those dollars, like what you're talking about. Those are our tax dollars. That, inf- yes. that inflation act money is our tax money, and and we cannot trust this governor to funnel that through anything to get to us. So we have to make it federal and get that money in. Now, one of the things we're going to be talking about on Saturday is how we can actually do that and actually implement those programs and start start making partnerships so we can get this thing going for real. So I hope you'll be there. Um, it's from eleven to three. Over the over the read, you know you know where where we've yes, been before. Sir. Bring some people with you so we can talk about this thing and put and implement it. Not just talk about it, but implement the plan. We're gonna can start I out talking about more, that. Share one more thing. Yes, brother. ma'am. In twenty twenty, the city council that consists of not the newest members, mm-hmm. but Charlie Miranda, uh, Louis Vieira. Uh, Guido Minascapo and Bill Carson, because mm-hmm. we have three new ones now. Mm-hmm. But those four supported a resolution saying that they understood the disparity that existed as it relates to the enslavement of black people in Tampa. We should take that resolution, pull it apart, Put it in their faces again and said, are you willing and ready to act upon what you wrote? The community didn't write it. They wrote it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we should say we're ready now to implement the fact that you say you understood. You understood redlining. You understood incarceration. You understood it, the miseducation of our children. City government official, are you ready to implement? Yes. Because yes. if it's all just BS... Let's just say that you just wrote something like you was doing it, you know, coloring in a coloring book. But mm. if, it, if it's mean, meaning behind that resolution, and I'll bring copies of it. I didn't write it. They wrote it. It was signed by Guido Maniscalco with the support of all the councilmen then. That should be our starting point. We can't have them writing no resolutions talking about they recognize uh, the harm that was done they say they're willing to um, uh, move from just recognizing to do something to resolve it. Let's make them do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Um, Mabili? 
I can't add no more to it. That, that, that was right on. That was right. Yeah. That's the type of discussion right there that we need to be having. That that and it's not just discussion. The action that needs to happen. Uh, Guido, Bill, Louis, come on, guys. I like that. You know, if they if they had I'm a resolution, throw it right back in their face. I'm I'm I, I tell you this. I know them all personally, and I can tell you, I I, I have. I have faith, okay, that these are people that I've worked with before in other in other circumstances. I have faith that they will work with us to get this done. You know, this is a new city council um, with those four that are still there. I have faith that they will that they will uh, help us to get these things done as we as we approach them to get it done. Right, right. You have to make, make them command. do it. You got to make <laughs> them do it. Uh, let's go to the next call. What, what else we got online, man? What else we got online? What we got? Uh me music wise, yeah. Oh, we still hollering like Tarzan. No, I got. Don't stop the movement right now. Oh, don't stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's go back to Fallout. Here's here you go, caller. You're on the Sunday forum. Good morning, guys. Good morning. What's going on, Ron? All right, too much. I had a tooth pull, so I'm a little. <laughs> don't do that. Y'all better keep y'all mouth together. <laughs> One of my best friends is my dentist, and he needs uh, uh, assistance. So if you know anybody, reach out to me. I get him a job. He needs an assistant right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's he's an African American dentist. They make it hard for him. Where is he? Where is, where is he? Is he located here in Tampa? Yeah, Rudolph Twig. You might know Doctor Twig. Okay. Yeah. So I put in a, a, a punch for him. He wants somebody good. He trains them and everything. Man, he, I went through him. He trains Hispanics, brothers, older. He trained anybody that's willing to train. He's a very effective person. He, he went to uh, Howard University, came back to Florida as a, a pharmacist. They wouldn't allow him to pre, uh, practice dentistry, so he opened up a pharmacy, saved his money, opened his dentistry, and that's the story. They, they did the same thing to my man, Noah. Uh, yeah, they, you know, they, they do it to all of us. They do it to all of us. They target us. They target us. Um, so what What you got to tell us, Ron? Oh, I was looking at something the other day. I want you to be aware of this here because it's coming our way. Uh, they had a special, I think it was 60 Minutes on uh, Mississippi. Mobile, you from Mississippi. You should have known about it. They've got salt water running from <coughs> the whatever, whatever river into the fresh water. And so oh, now yeah. they, can't, they can't drink the water. They're going on a drought, and they can't right. grow any crops, brother. Right, so, all of these things we've been talking about. Yeah, it's happening so, there. Right, but but what what the problem is is the ops. Like I said, I use that term just to say that there's some ignorant, evil people that's practicing on us, and they've been practicing for such a long time that it's pathetic that they can't see any further than that. You know, they say they can't see the forest for the trees. They can't see anything because all they want is their way and their will. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. That's why they made a prison industrial. That's why they made a county courthouse. That's why they made all of this stuff to, to socially control us, to economically control us, and to keep us depressed of all things, which we don't have any cure for or anything that can take the place of They can't bring us back with reparations or none of that. Look at the atrocities done to us, man. I don't want to talk about any other cultures right here in America where... You refuse to open your eyes, but you can look right across the water and jump. Jump. See, that's a problem with me right there because I joined the military to protect and serve this country, not other people who ain't got nothing to do with it. The poor people sleeping in our streets. The poor people getting thrown out of their houses because of corporations. You let the corporations in here, you open the door, they put their big foot in it, and now they're crushing everybody. It doesn't matter. The color is not the issue anymore. This is a big takeover on us, and the ones who play in the color are just idiots. They're just idiots because... We've been blended down so far that ain't no use of you even talking about the color unless you go say help those who they use the system against to turn on based on color. That's the only thing that matters about color because you've done that and you've destroyed uh, how many families, how many generations, man? Come on. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to uh, incite anybody. I just want you to be aware of the facts and the truth. My son told me the other day, he said, Daddy, we didn't come from Africa. We was the, the natives here. And they got a thing they're tricking us with the Native American. I uh, get you the information if you want it. Well, we was uh, indigenous people, but they called us natives. When they changed the term to native, that means that anybody come to this country was to be 
recognized as a native, and we don't even know this. Ron, let, let me let me let me let me let me let me put a let me put a pin in that for a moment uh, and address that. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm aware of that of that of that viewpoint, that historiographical viewpoint, and the fact that there are some of us that were here, but we came from Africa, brother. We came from Africa, and it is an effort. The reason that that, that, that has been um, amplified now is because you have a group of people who are who are trying to inject uh, this anti-African identity uh, thing. We can ill afford to not have a pan-African movement, and it, it, it's a, it's an effort to destroy the pan-African school of thought. If we if we do not have a a uh, what, what we know for certain is that we did come from there. What we know for certain is that uh, is that there is evidence of this on a on a, on a massive scale, um, and so that's a distinction actually without a difference because if we came here from Africa, we came here around nine thousand BC, which would make yeah. those inhabitants indigenous exactly. to the Americas. Exactly, exactly. So just as they just as we're seeing in Australia, mm-hmm. they're trying to discount. The, the importance the of the aborigines, exactly, exactly, and so we've got to make sure that we that we're careful with how we how we tell that. So please, please, um, you know, I, I get it, I get it, but there's a there's a it's, it, there's an extreme to that particular history that we have to be very very careful of. But we know the KKK have also tried to use native um, white Native American. <laughs> come on, man. So on, that's man. a thing too, but. Indigenous is more proper. Don't you agree, Juan? Ron? No? Ron, you did? Exactly. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, it wasn't exactly that we didn't come from Africa, because I told my son that. I said, yeah, but we had to come over here, and we founded the land, not Columbus. See what right. I'm saying? Right, right, right. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> we we right. built the first ships, man. We had exactly. the first ships. Exactly. Timbuktu was the first school of education, and everybody from every continent came to Africa to learn from yeah, I'm just saying, and I agree with what you said. That needs to be a, a conversation, too, because they're going to misguide. Like, my son, he, he's believing all of that, and they misguide it. But, oh, they, uh, they've gone as know, far as, as to dispute the the reality of the slave trade. They, I mean, they've yeah. gone as far as to try to as to try to say the slave trade never really happened. And and and, and, I, I, and I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, what? Is, what are you talking? That's crazy. That's crazy, yeah. but and hey, it was man. their pernicious how that started. Yeah, they, the Portuguese. Yeah, for real. So, hey man, thank you very much, Ron. We appreciate well, you, brother. I appreciate I appreciate you guys more and what you're doing, and you keep up the good work, and I keep looking and I keep bringing it whatever I can find too, because we need it all on the table now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you, brother. All right, blessings. All right. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. We're on the Sunday forum, and we're spiraling to the. Toward to the end. Go ahead, call her. <laughs> call her. Uh, good morning. Chris Steiner here in Clearwater. And I am calling on topic. Um, I want to point out that Nigeria, which is the topic you mentioned, uh, is a testbed for digital apartheid. And that's why the people are rioting that they were forced to adopt and they're fighting back, of course, they're finally winning against the mark of the beast type system or the introduction of it, the central bank digital currency, and uh, trying the attempt to eliminate cash. That's the reason. It has. I know Russia has something to do with it, and so does China, but so does the World Bank, the IMF, the World Economic Forum. Um, but uh, I, they've had to resort to bartering, and uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's proof that you can fight the mark of the beast, contrary to what you and Mobili had said in the past when I had brought up the mark of the beast, and Mobili said, oh, you can't fight the mark of the beast. And I didn't say that. Yes, I'll play it back for you. Please um, do. I, I was okay. totally discounting the mark of the beast. You were talking about that in response or in regards of the coronavirus. Yes, of course. And uh, when the, uh, the, the villainization, vilification of cash is perhaps being dirty. Um, but, you know, proof that you can fight back and win is that the, the Nigerian digital currency, Enaira, is being dropped. Um, that uh, uh, 
unfortunately, there was a lot of riots. Uh, people died, a lot of poverty that has been caused, uh, banks attacks to, due to the cash shortage, which still exists. Um, and uh, that's what we need to see, that that's a test bed for Africa. You know, Nigeria is the largest oil producer in Africa. And um, um, I compliment DeSantis for proposing legislation to ban central bank digital currencies, that cash should remain legal. But, of course, I mentioned we need to uh, not expect politic, wait for politicians to reform economics. We can take matters into our own, own hands with community currencies, barter networks, time banks, cooperatives, and swap shops. Uh, but two years ago, when the e-Naira digital currency in Nigeria was introduced in October of 2021, uh, one year later it was adopted by less than 5%. And uh, many Niger Nigerians do not have bank accounts, which are necessary to use that. Um, they're hell-bent uh, still on banning cash and old bank notes, uh, but the, there was a, a, court, a court ruling that overturned that. Oh, but, uh, that was likely to force the CBDC adoption to get more World Bank money. And well, to, let, let me let me ask you this question, because, because this, is, this is relevant to that, and, and this is very important. I'm glad you said that. Um, my question to you is, what is your position on the unification of Africa? Well, I, I'm saying, I'm pointing out that this is not very unifying when uh, people are fighting amongst themselves, fighting their own government that I think the Chinese have the greatest influence over uh, their corrupt government uh, that, uh, you know, the, it's not very unifying when in Nigeria in 2016, the $16 billion went missing from the Treasury, uh, from the oil funds, and, and then there are other embezzlement scandals that causes, caused oil prices. To but, the, but, but no, no, but what, um, what, and the reason I'm asking the question is because I want to know flat out what your position is. Do you support the unification of the continent, the move towards unification? Not, not BRICS, not BRICS. Walter, I'm, I'm calling on the topic, and that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you'd like to comment on what I've said so far, because it's all true. The infrastructure that's being built by China and, to a lesser degree, the IMF and World Bank, will likely be defaulted upon, and they will take oh, there's no question. back from there's, Nigeria. There's, there's no question about that. As a matter of fact, I've, I've, I've made it very clear. From. Your ancestors are from there, Walter. Again, again, again. You're not, you're not listening to me. I agree with the point. No, you're not listening to me, Chris. I agree with the point that the, the, that the effort is to do all these things. It's, it's actually a neocolonialism move, is to actually do all the things that they're doing right now infrastructurally, and put and, and put the bring the IMF into it to the point that they that they end, end up right back in the situation they were in before in default, to the point that they that they end up being. Um, economically colonized and unable, so to speak, to be able to pull themselves out of the hole. And I don't think digital currencies is going to do that. That is a big old Not gamble. Do it. Yeah, that, and, that, and so digital currency, I'm totally against. Uh, they, they need to. They need to. In my mind, and I've made it perfectly clear on this show and everywhere else that I've spoken about it, that we need to make certain that that we are supporting the unification of the of the uh, continent. In all all the uh, uh, countries, and in order to do that, they have to be economically uh, free of the IMF and of, uh, of of other nations. Which is why I'm against BRICS. I'm I'm completely against BRICS. And they, and actually, there are people at PLO Lumumba who has who to, on one hand supported BRICS from one standpoint, uh, but on the other hand has been against it. Uh, but. Nevertheless, that's that's where we are on that. Okay, am I still on the air? Yes, you are. Okay, I just heard a buzz. Yeah, certainly, I'm for people being unified and being abundant and prosperous and keeping their own resources. But uh, yeah, Nigeria owes much more to China than to the IMF, and uh, and yet. Uh, what it, what it's about is a unification of the world under tyranny. And this will be coming to this country if we don't make folks aware of it, rather than, as Mobili was blaming Russia earlier, for lack
lack of fertilizer. You neglected to mention the cause of the revolution that's happening right now in Nigeria. The cause? And the, the social credit score that they want to impose on us will be based on social media posts to see if you can uh, what, choose what you can buy or choose whether you can buy anything or if, say, you they don't like that you're eating too much fat or sugar. They'll turn right, right. your ability to buy that. Okay. But they're hyperinflating the they if the devaluing the cash to force adoption of the CBDC of in Nigeria, and uh, you know, and you're not allowed to even get a license or a SIM card for your phone, and if you don't have a digital <laughs> ID in Nigeria. Well, hey man, listen, we appreciate the call. We appreciate. We got to move on to a, ne a next caller. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Next caller. Okay, caller, you're on the Sunday forum. Now, you didn't say, this caller didn't say Rudolph Levi Twigs, did he? And talk about Dr. Levi Twigs and stuff. I know uh, it was, it was not the last caller, but the caller before. Yeah, the caller before. Mm -hmm. I know he didn't talk about the greatness of Dr. Rudolph Levi Twigs. Yeah, he did. He did. Pharmacist and Mr. Dentist graduated at Howard University. I know he didn't mention him because, you know, it, and, he, and he mentioned it's just, you know, they're trying to keep him down. Hey, yeah. I mean, Rudolph Levi Twigs, I'm the dentist, and Rudolph, Rudolph Levi Twigs is my dentist. So I'll just leave that alone. <laughs> Rudolph Levi Twigs is, is, a, is a great man, okay? Yeah, he, he is. To go is. And so it's very interesting when people talk about you know, they're trying to call us natives. You know, the way you dispute that, and this last caller says, well, you're, how can you be a native in this country? And this guy, last caller says, well, your ancestors are from Nigeria. Are, are, are from Nigeria. So which which one is which? Which, which, which uh, this, this issue about being woke and redefining us, the easiest way to defeat that is through your DNA. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. You know, and my DNA I, readings were very clear. Nigeria, <laughs> right. very clear. At least West Africa and Nigeria. That yeah. that unwoke argument. And when people say get woke, don't they're, they're against woke. They're against. They don't understand. Uh, waking. You and I have lived long enough to be. At least I have to become back. I remember I was colored. I remember <laughs> I was a Negro. I remember I was black. I was Afro American. Then I was black, and then I remember when you said you were black. You you got your upset hit upside the head because I'm not black. I'm colored. Remember that? Mm -hmm. and then I, did, I, I, I was I was I remember being I remember being called coffer. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah unlike right. some people, there, was all, there wasn't. <laughs> I've had all. <laughs> there was an awakening in this country. So when somebody says that I'm anti woke, it means you know that to be anti woke, it's a mean. We get stupid again. Go back to being <laughs> yes about I was going to such and so so I was not supposed to know about this sort of thing. That's the kind of and this stupidity is promoted by what we call a governor here in, in this country. And as far as in, in this in in this particular state which I call the Sandersburg and stuff. So, you know, um one of the things that the other one of the cars brought up is the fact that we are under attack. We've been a little about this whole system and the way this thing is going to be exposed. I mean, this whole thing is this war that's happening here. I mean, you're going to get billions of dollars. Your one caller said, I served in the military. I mean, he serves in the military. You think about the guys that got to serve on those ships and go in and fight and go ask to be fighting in Ukraine and, and far away in the Middle East and stuff like that. And when they come back home, their parents are. They know that their parents are being denied the right to vote and uh, money. That you're spending millions of dollars to buy uh, uh, all kind of electronic equipment. And, but you know what, though, let me let me yeah. say this because I, I think we, we're I got to wind it down now. Uh, let me be let me be clear about this point. Uh, you know, we have got to find a way to connect, make that connection economically. Uh, with the continent, okay, we've got to be able to do that. We've got to be able to do it with our with our Caribbean brothers and sisters, uh, and Latin American brothers and sisters. 
uh, and, and be able to be able to go there and make that that continental or, or original connection uh, in order to really, really uh, find real economic uh, freedom. And that, that's that's what I believe. I, I mean, I've, I've seen it happen. It can happen. So, hey, listen, I got it. We, we got to wrap it up. I apologize, everybody. Um, this has been the Sunday Forum. Your host, Walter L. Smith II, along with my main man, Mabili. And as always, from my voice to the radio waves, to the hearts and the minds of the people, we love you. And there's not one single solitary thing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum. Post w- Martin Hootenanny is next. WMNF, Tampa. Stop it. Don't stop it.